Get up, BDL. It's time for the Inside Podcast number 11 with your friend Mike, the Canadian Nightmare, and yours truly. That's right, I'm Scotty, the undisputed commissioner of fantasy baseball. No guests today because guess what? My co-host is laid up drunk in Disneyland after winning the 2021 BDL Championship. I don't know if that's actually true, but but congratulations to Mike on his third, count it, third BDL trophy. We get inside with Mike today to discuss his championship run and what it's going to take to pull off the league's first three-peat next season. Plus, our Mount Rushmore segment returns on today's show. We'll be debating the four greatest BDL finals matchups of all time. Spoiler alert, last week's shellacking does not make the list. The Inside Pod is brought to you by Captivate, our podcast home on the internets. To hear content generated by the BDL Podcast Network, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Downcast, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or just listen to the show in your browser right on the BDL forum. Thanks for checking out the show today, guys. You're listening to the BDL Podcast Network. Crank it up for number 11, because the Inside Pod is on fire. Good day, BDL friends, friends of the BDL, whomever's listening to this show. This is the Inside Podcast, number 11, number 11. No special guest today, uh, but we do have someone special on the show. But you've heard from him now about, oh, 10 other times. That would be the Inside Pod numbers 1 through 10, in case you were wondering. Um, So we'll just kick off the show by saying uh, congratulations to Mike and his Rockland Rockets uh, for another BDL championship. Wrap that up uh, early this week, last Sunday, this past Sunday. Uh, Mike, congratulations. Title number three, uh, back-to-back titles. You've got to be feeling um, pretty good about yourself right now. Uh, that would be an understatement. I feel uh, feel very good. I feel very blessed to be the GM of such a fantastic team and uh, very, very proud of the boys. They did very, very, very good work this playoff season. I have um, been dreading this moment since Sunday evening, uh, knowing how long and laborious this uh, pod is likely to be. I hope we get through it um, <laughs> without too many complications. But uh, yeah, you, you you deserve it. You deserve to uh, to gloat and to uh, uh, be obnoxious and everything that you're likely to be tonight. Um, so we're just going to, I, not we, I am going to suffer through. The rest of the league is going to suffer through. Um, but uh, it would be, hey, yeah. it will be a joyous celebration, Scotty. A joyous celebration. That's, so that's an interesting way to put it. Yes. Interesting way to put it. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure everyone, especially Brian, is really very happy that I won this title. Everyone is really happy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, we'll, we'll get into that a little more here in just a few minutes. Uh, we're going to focus primarily, uh, Mike on your, on your title run tonight. Of course, we, you know, had, had plans, uh, this podcast of, uh, speaking with the BDL champion for 2021 that ended up being you and your Rockland Rockets. So we are, uh, we are flying without a guest to a guest this this evening, mm-hmm. and uh, just move, moving forward. But uh, yep, yeah, so off season BDL off season has has officially uh, gotten underway. Not too many headlines really to discuss um, coming from the off se- uh, off season yet, but uh, I'm sure more will come. Of course, the, the the major item right now, the trade window in the BDL is uh, is I was going to say is finally open again. We have such a short 
closure of the window these days. <laughs> and it, it hardly feels like it's closed, which is a good thing. But uh, it, it, the, the trading is back, uh, back open again in the BDL. We have seen uh, two moves. I was about to say one move. That was your little little something. I don't know if you call that a trade, nah. uh, but your, your little transaction mm-hmm. with the killer cars uh, and the rockets. Uh, I guess that was that yesterday as we that record was, this. Yeah. Or? Yeah. 23rd Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one, uh, not, not a blockbuster, but a notable trade between yeah. the generals and the beers earlier today as we record this, but uh, yeah. Uh, 2023 draft picks now released, available for trading and for use. So I'm sure that Ort will purge those as soon as possible. Uh, so uh, we'll be, I'll be waited, waiting with bated breath to see how quickly those go. Um, I'm shocked he still has them, actually. <laughs> uh, how about yourself? Any major moves on the horizon? Uh, probably nothing, nothing too crazy. Like I, you know, with, 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 with each passing off season, uh, you know, the plan always remains to get a little younger. You know, uh, the way that I run my team, I always try to keep, keep the same average age on my roster year over year. So, so the goal this year, as it is every off season, is just, uh, to shed myself a couple of the older guys and bring in a couple of younger guys to replace them. I, I don't think I'll be, I'll be too crazy uh, about the moves I make, but I probably got a couple, uh, you know, I'm thinking I probably got two or three trades in me before the beginning of the season. I'm already tired of hearing about your team on the show. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I, I feel so badly for you, Scotty. I'm sure you do. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Well, we've seen um, we, we've seen one team from the north, uh, the the beers, just today uh, make a again a you know fairly fairly significant move at least as it pertains to the beers mm-hmm. uh, in in bolstering that squad this off season, early off season ahead of next year. So clearly, the beers are are still in in. Uh, competitive mode they mm-hmm. still have their eye on, on a deeper playoff run adding uh chapman the closer from the yankees uh, as well as clayton kershaw uh starting pitcher from from the dodgers uh, both coming their way from the generals so uh, pretty pretty notable uh move uh, this early in the offseason uh mike we'll we'll see what 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 Chris can do to, to build upon that and what, what his plans are to, to improve the club in the North. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chris already had a pretty stacked team as it was. And now you go in and for him, you bring in, you know, basically another, you know, top end closer to kind of match up with Edwin Diaz. Um, right. I, I think, I think the other guys that he had in relief were kind of, uh, kind of iffy. So I think bringing him in will, will, will certainly help. And when you bring in a Kershaw, you know, Kershaw's not what he was three or four years ago, but Kershaw's still really good. And when right. you bring in a quality arm, uh, it's, it is always helpful. And people always think Kershaw's probably a lot older than he is. But I think Clayton's 33. And and 33 in, in pitching terms right now isn't all that old. Like, I just traded for Max Scherzer, and he's got a few years on Clayton, and he, he was pretty good for me in the playoffs. So I think that's a good pickup for him. Yeah, I, I think so too. Cert, certainly a good. Well, I'm not sure about Chapman on 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 the Kershaw end. Certainly, you know, I think, you know, another two or three years of, you know, prime relative to Clayton Kershaw. Yep. Yeah, probably what what the beer should be uh, should expect to to yep. get there. So, definitely, uh, definitely a good move for for the beers. I think and and going going in the right direction. Yep. You know, people talk about Kershaw like he isn't. You know great anymore but when you're a starting pitcher and you have a, a whip under one uh that, that means you're really good still so you know i think he's gonna be just fine for the next couple of years for the beers looking at the impact of this trade on the south have the generals already surrendered the south do you think to the chicks or to, to who the yeah <laughs> who would be the question um have they surrendered the south um uh, i think on the forum i made the comment of the gens have opened the door and now let's see who can walk through it. And I think there's some truth to that. I think the Gens are purposely st- taking a step back this year. They're going to get a little younger. I think the team in 2023 will be much better than the team in 2022. And let's see which of these three clubs can see can see an opportunity in front of them and go for it. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with the rest of the clubs there. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. I'm sure they're tracking what's what's happening already uh, with with great interest uh, in, in the South. Um, not not gonna say a whole lot about it myself, uh, uh, being I'm 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 one of the I'm one of the competitors there. So I'll I'll, I'll leave it to others to sort of dissect that situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, certainly the generals have hopes, you know, to make a, a few moves this, this off season. And, uh, I think the gins can still compete in the sta- in the South and will compete in the South next year, even with those moves, mm-hmm. uh, given the state of the South. Um, but, uh, we'll, we'll see how that transpires. Yep. This is more of a refresh than a rebuild for the gens. I think so. You know, I, you know, any, uh, any, any club that wants to remain competitive over a, a long period of years, you know, um, that that really needs to be a focus, you know, every every few years. Mm-hmm. Certainly every you, you alluded to it uh, pertaining to the Rockets already uh, tonight on the pod. Uh, you know, when you when you look at keeping your team, I, you know. I hesitate to use the word young. I mean, young is such a relative yeah. term. Does that mean, does that mean 23 years old? Does that mean 28 no. years old? You know, I, I think we all know those of us who have been to the promised land have, have won a title or multiple titles know that it takes a really solid mixture yes. Uh, yes. Of, of, of young quote unquote, younger players, you know, your, your breakout stars around age 27, 28, as well as, uh, as well as some older veterans that are steady hands mm-hmm. and, and you'd know are predictable, you know, your Nelson cruises yep. and, and your players like that. So it, it, it does, it does take, you know, a real smattering of, of different uh, players at different points in their careers to really contend. I, I, I would challenge anyone to go back through and, and look at title winners across the history of this league and find find one where the average age uh, for players on that team was, say, even 26 or 7. I, yeah. I would say that would be really hard to do it, or it impossible. Be. It would yeah. be. I, I, think, I think mine this year was about 29. And if I, had to, right. if I had to hazard a guess, every champion in our league was between 28 and 30, if I had to hazard a guess. like There might have been one team that maybe had an older roster that pulled it off, but it, it would be really hard to have a a very young team that wins a title. It's it's just so hard to have that many quality young players on your roster just because when guys are young, they're just it's so hard to predict what they're going to do. They're so, so streaky. That's Even the, thing. the better players at yeah. that age are so, are so streaky. You know, you look at your <laughs> – and sometimes just underachieve. Um, yes. and, and, you know, you look at your Byron Buxton's and, and your, you know, your players like that who are uber talented players, yeah. um, but, ha, you know, took a number of years to get to a point where you could really count on them in a playoff situation in a league like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think most championship teams, probably, if you look at their lineup, it's exactly what you said. It, it's a mix of older guys, a bunch of guys in their prime. And maybe a couple of younger players. And I'm pretty sure if I look at my roster, it's going to look something like that. You know, for every Paul Goldschmidt, there's a Jazz Chisholm. For every Josh Donaldson, there's a Tyler O'Neill. Like, it's it's a real mix. And the key is to never be in a position where all of your star players are older guys. Because if they all get old at the same time, that's that's where you run into trouble. And it's 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 imperative yeah. that you that 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 they're, that, they're, that you always have a couple of your better players be younger players. That way, if you want to do a rebuild, and this is something the gens are going through right now, you can move out your old guys and say, you know what, I can build around Bo Pichette. I can build around those guys, and right. knowing I can move out some of my older guys, and I just got to replenish the youngins, and give me twelve months, and this is going to be a brand new team. And I think that's really the key here. Exactly. And speaking on behalf of the Jens, we're really happy with, with the haul that we got back in that trade um, headlined by, by Kershaw. Trent Grisham, um, a really good, I think, uh, burgeoning MLB talent, uh, probably a top 50 uh, dynasty asset. Uh, certainly not a not a redraft asset at this point, but yep. uh, he on on the rise as, as far as dynasty assets are are concerned, and yep. and and that um, uh, that that player was of course met accompanied by by two very uh, <laughs> solid quality prospects, um, 
at least in my opinion, <laughs> and we, we certainly hope so. So we're really excited to see uh, a little youth make its way over into Gotham and um, uh, ho- hoping you'll see a little more of that as we go along here in the mm-hmm. offseason. Mike, let's... Um, Let's 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 get to it. Uh, you know the headline event here tonight. Uh, we we want to talk to you on this pod, get your reflections on this uh, on this historic uh, BDL championship this year in 2021. Your Rockland Rockets um, really with a fantastic season, um, and and we'll just cut right to the chase. Okay, we now have two top dogs in the BDL history books and you know, conversations about how to rank the Rockets and the damage, both now three-time championship clubs, are already happening. Um, With last week's win, the Rockets became the only multi-time BDL champions with a perfect record in the Black Diamond League Championship Series. You're three for three, buddy. Ah, I I completely forgot about that, yeah. Conversely... Conversely, NorCal has gotten to the finals more often, mm-hmm. five times to be exact. So clearly, I'm expecting a biased response here, but tell us why the Rockets are now the one to NorCal's 1A in the BDL. We're not. We're not. In- I, I, interesting I, answer. Yeah, we're, we, we are absolutely not. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of of ranking clubs in this way um the way that i've always looked at the bdl is there are tiers and i i think based on o'brien has the tiers yeah yeah (laughs) plenty of them this week but no for for me i think with with this win i i'm definitely in that tier with bill and i think there's a couple other clubs in there too uh you know i think we have a bunch of really great teams in this league and a bunch of really great managers. Historically, you know, the Rockets are three-time title winners just like the Damage are. I think we both won back-to-back. Actually, I'm sure we both won back-to-back. I think only three clubs have done that, right? Us, the Damage, the Falcons, and the Rockets, right? Correct. Have done that. Um, you know, I, I'm just not a, a fan of trying to rank teams, but if you put a gun to my head and said, who's better the Damage or the Rockets, I'll take the team that's in the playoffs every single year you know, over my club, you know, I think, I think I've had the best team in this league four times and we were fortunate to win it three times. You know, I, I think we've been number one in the breakdown four different times and all three of my title years, we were one in the breakdown. So, so, so mm-hmm. I think, you know, we, we, we've had a great club a bunch of times. I think the damage is at more great clubs than we have. You know, like if I win a fourth or a fifth title, then we can have this conversation again. But I'm not I'm not one to say, hey, you know, with this third title, I'm now better than him. Like I'm not LeBron James. I'm not one of these guys that wins a title and says, oh, this proves I'm the best. No, it doesn't. It doesn't prove that at all. Well, to that end, has it dawned on you then that, that your Rockets are the first club in 11 seasons as of next season – with an opportunity to pull off the BDL's first ever three-peat. That, that has dawned on me. And th- there was a part of me that at the beginning of this year, I thought to myself that I was going to be a bit of a seller this offseason. And I'm sure I still will be just because, again, I like to get a little younger. Um, it, within each offseason, I always try to get a little younger. But it, it, it'll be really hard for me to not be a buyer at the trade deadline next year if I have a chance to win a third title. Once you hit the playoffs, you know, a lot of this is luck. Like, all you can do is build the best team you can and plug as many holes as you can and have the the, the, the right depth going into the playoffs. But there there are some things that are going to be out of your control. You know, guys get hurt. Guys go on cold streaks. You can face a team that gets uber hot one week. So, so some things are out of your control. But that being said, I I plan on this team contending next year, and I will do whatever I possibly can to win another title. Yeah, yeah, and and, and not you know just to show the proper amount of respect to the BDL trophy. You know, I, I think it, it's it's less about luck at in 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 the playoffs at playoff time, and more about positioning. You know, making sure that Agreed. your club. You know, there there is a lot that's out of your control. Yes, but there's owner, a lot, as, but there's as, a lot more that's in your control. Agreed. There's a lot more yes, that's in your it, control. 
it, it's it's about positioning your club so that the 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 fewest number of things that could go wrong yes. do go wrong, and and when they do, you are impacted the least. Yes, I, I will give um, you an example, Scotty. During the playoff preview, I'm not sure if you remember, but when I picked the Beers to beat the Cramps, one of the reasons why I did that is I said the Cramps are playing with two dead spots on the roster, and when you do that, it's going to be really hard to beat good teams. He was basically playing with Bauer, and I forgot the other starting pitcher. They were out for the season. He didn't trade him at the deadline. He didn't cut him. He didn't bring another starting pitcher. But when I saw that, I thought, okay, this is a guy who, when he plays really good teams, he's probably not going to take K's just because he's, you know, he, he, when you're down two starting pitchers against really good teams, that's a category you're not going to win a lot. And it, it, it's things like that. When, you, when you're putting together a playoff team, it's as you said, you need to be able to, to take away as many things that can go wrong have to be taken away. So right. if, if you know some pitchers are going to get hurt on your team, and they're going to get hurt. Like I had Alex Wood go on the COVID IL uh, at the beginning of the BDL finals. I had um, I had one guy go on paternity leave for three days. I had another guy get COVID. He was out for three or four days. <laughs> these things that's are going to happen. That's the most rocket thing I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. these things are going to happen. But the key is you need you need to have the right guys on your bench that can fill multiple positions. You have to have minor league players, and I had that with Tavares, who's minor league eligible, came and sold a bunch of bases for me. I had Alex Jackson, who stinks but who has some power, and he's catcher eligible. So if anything happened to my catcher, I would be able to throw him in there. I had multiple minor league relievers where if I lost a starting pitcher, I'd, I would be able to throw them in my lineup and get some counting stats out of them at least. The, the key is just to, to, to put your club in the best possible position to win. That doesn't mean you're going to win. But you're, 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 you, you, what you want to do is just, just put yourself in a spot where at the end of the season, you're not looking back and said, oh, I should have done this, and that would have made me win. It's one thing if you face a team and they just go crazy and hit 30 home runs. But you know what? If that happens – you know it happens. Fine. You know you, you you know your team was was set up as best it could, and you just face a hotter team. That's going to happen a lot. But the, but the key is to take away everything you can control. You need to control going into the playoffs. And at that right. point, you know the best teams tend to be the luckiest teams in situations like that. And of course, as you alluded to already, you join only two other BDO clubs with back to back titles, a feat that has proven you know, incredibly difficult, even for the best teams we've ever seen. Mm. Uh, the Falcons did it in, in 06, 07. And the damage, of course, followed that up with consecutive championships in 09 and 10. Mm. Um, we don't see this accomplishment very often in the BDL, certainly haven't for s- several years now. Was the, with the weight of that fact on your mind in these playoffs, knowing history was very much not on your side? Mm. I I try not to look at it that way. I I believe that these things, you know, when you look at it from a stats kind of angle, these are all independent events. Uh, The fact I won a title last year has no bearings on the results from this year. I try to forget everything in the past, and I just try to set my team up in the best position to win. Uh, The reason why we don't see back-to-back winners a lot in this league is we have a lot of really good teams. And when you have a lot of really good teams and you got to go through three rounds – you know, the, there's going to be a time where the champion from the prior year is going to be playing a better team, and they're they're you know if you're playing a better team, you're not going to win all that often. So so I I tend not to think about history uh, so much. I, I might next year if I'm in a final. At that point, I might think about history a little more, just because I would be doing <laughs> something that's never been done before. But yeah. when when the BDLCS started this year. My whole thing is I was happy it was me and Crawford because because for the majority of the year we were the best two teams in the league. So it was it was good that the, that it was the top two teams facing off. That doesn't happen all the time. So it's, it was kind of cool that it did. I was happier that I got off to an amazing start, and then I was just kind of trying to run out the clock on the week, and that's kind of how the way that, that's kind of how that worked out. Well, let's let's dive into your matchup with the Crawford Cramps a little bit here. The Rockets you know, had their number practically all over the board. And this unexpectedly was was not a compelling matchup, just to nope. be frank it about wasn't. it. Yep. So quick, quick, quick recap. The Rockets took seven categories. 
including home runs, RBIs, runs, stolen bases, all of those handily, as well as strikeouts, whip, and saves. So even if this had come down to a tie, you were certainly in the driver's seat. Were you surprised by the ease of this victory? Uh, yeah. Uh, basically, coming into this week, my thought process was, I think I'm going to win saves. I think I'm going to win Ks. I think I'm going to win stolen bases. I think I'll win one of the pitching ratios, and I have to find one more category that I got to win. Uh, I thought runs would be the best chance of that. I have a lot of guys that hit leadoff, a lot of speed, so you'd think I'd have a decent chance to take runs. But but that's the way that I came in. I just assumed he would take home runs and RBIs just because his guys have been clobbering the ball all season. So so my hope coming in was kind of a 6-4, 5-5 win the tiebreaker sort of thing. Um, his power bats just never really got going. My guys went off early, and we, we had a big lead coming into late in the week. And I was just kind of waiting on that one day where Flatty hits two and Cho hits two and Freeman hits two. And, and to be honest, that day just never came, uh, which was which which was very pleasing to me that that day never came. But <laughs> uh, but coming to the weekends, my thought process was unless my guys kind of blow up on the pitching end and we give him back whip, unless his guys just have a historic Saturday Sunday and my guys go into the tank, it's going to be really hard for for him to make up the the gap that he gave us in the early days. Well, both both clubs left actually very little on the bench. This was certainly decided on the field as it as it should have been, as any any BDLCS should be. The cramps got decent production from their usual suspects, but man, Otani really fell off a cliff. My five man. for twenty three. My man Otani, love his performance. <laughs> no, five for twenty three. No home runs. Uh, no RBIs in in the BDL finals. Uh, in fact, he only had two home runs and four RBI the entire playoffs. I yep. think if I if I saw that right. So, if not for for Vlad Jr. and his ten bombs during during the playoffs, I, I'm not sure we would have seen Crawford in the finals. Yep. Um, so, but at, at what point did it become apparent to you that the Rockets had drawn the cramps at just the right time? Hmm. But at what point did I think that? Uh, that's that's a tricky question. Uh, uh, to be honest, coming into the playoffs, I thought they were highly beatable. And I, and I think I mentioned that on our last show. Uh, at, at what point during our matchup did I think yes, I was yes. in the driver's seat? Uh, probably end of Wednesday, I think it was. like uh, Going into the Thursday games, I had a pretty commanding lead. And if memory serves... I had a, a bunch more guys playing on Thursday. So I knew going into the weekends, I was going to have a pretty monstrous lead uh, across all the offensive categories except for batting average. So so I think I think at that point, the, the gaps were getting big enough where it, it wasn't going to take more than his guys having a big weekend. It was going to take my guys having a horrible weekend at the same time. Uh, I think going into that last day, we were up double digits in both RBIs and and runs. We had like a six or seven stolen base lead. We, I think we had an eight home run lead. Like to make up that kind of gap in a day. Like again, unless you guys yeah. just go crazy, and 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 the guys on my team do nothing, uh, it's pretty hard to make that up. Uh, on top of that, I got pretty fortunate that my guys that were on the field, you know, guys that weren't on a paternity leave right COVID, uh, played all week. Guys were not sitting very much, which was which was very nice. What will often happen in these playoff matchups is you get to Sunday, and all of a sudden you got three or four guys not playing, and then you get really annoying. Um, that didn't happen to me at all. I think I had a full lineup Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I think I had a full lineup. And and my guys, they, they hit pretty much all week like not not many guys were terrible on my team and that that was very nice uh with the exception of george springer who's been, been awful the past couple of weeks uh with the exception of him i think everybody contributed in some way yeah yeah well and, and certainly not to bury barry crawford here you know another another round of applause for the greatest regular season club in bdl history um, historic effort this year by the Cramps, without question, and I, I have little doubt they'll be strongly in the mix again they certainly uh, next, next year. So, um, 
really no spectacular showings from either club in, in these finals from the mound. Uh, only eight wins collectively, a touch above 100 strike uh, strikeouts. Um, but your arms, uh, the Rockets' arms, were, were quite efficient for the most part. Giolito with uh, 12 Ks across 9.1 innings. Strowman with 8 Ks over 6. Woodruff 7 over 6. Um, you could have done without the Kyle Hendricks implosion. Yeah, you ain't kidding. <laughs> um, but it, it, you know, it, it hardly impacted the end result. Um, on, on the offensive end, it was a team effort across the board with mm-hmm. solid production in the infield, the outfield. You know, there, there are just no holes on this Rockets roster. It's really impressive. And that, that leads me to this. You obliterated the best division in the league in route to obliterating the best regular season team of all time doing so without the help of the best player. Uh, yeah. yeah. Pretty, pretty sure amazing. Who, when you think about that, who, who lost, who yeah. you lost to a, to a torn ACL back in, what was that? July, early July, yeah. maybe something somewhere there. Yeah. So, you know, e- even on the most stacked teams I can ever remember in the BDL losing the best play, arguably the best player in fantasy for the second half of the season and the playoffs mm-hmm. would have been just devastating. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I dare say it impacted the Rockets results week in and, and week out zero, zero. Uh, do you feel you just happen to have enough, enough depth this year to absorb that mm-hmm. loss Has your roster building philosophy been, been augmented over time to to purposefully account for situations like these. Uh, yeah, a couple a couple things on this. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've had a champion team lose the consensus number one player in the game and actually win a title that year. I'm sure that's never happened I, before. I can't think of another. Example. Yeah, like it's you know, honestly, it would be tough to imagine a team losing that guy and and having a long run in the playoffs. Never mind making the final or winning it. Uh, what what really helped me this year to fill that hole is I had a guy doing the greatest impression of Ronald Acuna of all time in Cedric Mullins. That that <laughs> that certainly helped. Like he, he he basically put up Acuna numbers all year. Uh, that that certainly helped. Uh, the other big thing is is the way I build my team is we we have we have really good depth. Now, granted, no team can have enough depth that you can lose the best player in the game and make up for that. But but the key is you know the the gap from my best player to his replacement is probably smaller on my club than it is most clubs. I usually only play a two man bench, and the two guys on my bench are, are usually really good because I know they're going to play a lot. Because when you have a two man bench, you know guys are going to sit, and those guys are going to be be within your starting lineup most of the time. Uh, right. So w- with, without Acuna, I still had Cedric Mullins, who I think finished in the top 10, Tyler O'Neill, who's been fantastic, George Springer, who has been not great, but you know has a fantastic resume coming in, obviously, and Giancarlo Satin. Satin. That's my four outfielders. And that's, that's as good as just about any other team in the league not having the best player in the game. So I'm not saying it doesn't hurt to lose your best player. It certainly does. But I think my team is in a better position than most to lose a star player and continue to go on. That being said, the Cramps were, were down Trout all year too, so that didn't help him any either. So, Right. Well, we all know the Rockets are always wheeling and dealing, but are there specific moves from the last, I don't know, two or even three seasons you feel set the, set the table for back-to-back championships here? Mm. That that's a great question. Uh, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, geez, uh, with, with with the pickup of Mullins is the obvious example, but that really isn't a transaction that I planned out. That's more a guy that I picked up hoping he'd be pretty good and he turned into a star. So I, I won't really focus on him so much. Um, th- th- there's been a couple of trades that I've made recently that have really helped uh, picking up Max Scherzer for this playoff run. Certainly helpful. Wasn't cheap, but I'll make that move a hundred times out of a hundred, especially given the results. Um, a, a trade I made with you not long ago, picking up Trey Turner. He's been fantastic. 
Granted, the guy I gave you has been just as fantastic, so that that was more of a, you know, <laughs> I kind of traded a future star for a star. Uh, so, <laughs> so I think that's one both clubs are probably pretty happy with. Uh, one one move I didn't make that has turned out to be really good is I Tyler O'Neill can be a pretty frustrating player to own, and he's a guy that teams have tried to get to get from me the past couple of years. I've always really loved the upside. And he he certainly had his best season this year, so I think holding on to him has has really helped. Um, but but for really major moves, I, I, I'm not sure if there's another one that really kind of stands out. You know, like I'm I'm so active on the trade market. One one trade that I actually made a couple years back that that you know in hindsight is just just glorious is I made a trade with, I believe it was the Scorpions uh, two or three seasons ago where I traded two closers for two starting pitchers. And if memory serves, it was, geez, um, it was nearest of the Phillies. And I'm trying to remember who the other one was. It, it might've been, Geez, it might have been the Astros closer that was on the Jays, and I'm blanking on his name right now, which is ridiculous. And I got back uh, Brandon Woodruff and Julio Urias. Mm-hmm. And when and those guys are both top 10 pitchers in the game right now. And and those guys are really hard to come by. And when you can when you can get them at that price and they turn into those kind of long-term assets for you, the the, the that's the kind of moves when you look back and you think, geez, that couldn't have worked out any better than it did. So, so right, I think right. I, I think that trade is one that really stands out. Well, Mike, you know, you've made the comment multiple times over the years that when you entered the BDL, you knew next to nothing about baseball or maybe that's right. At, at the very least, the current state of, of MLB. Mm-hmm. You're now a three-time champion in the hardest league in the world to win. Yep. And if I'm being candid, all of your championship squads were high quality. Yep. If we ranked all 17 BDL title clubs today, your three would all be in the top half, certainly, and the 2021 Rockets might be in the top two or three. Talk a little bit about that journey. How did how did you get here? <laughs> that's, that's a great question. Uh, yeah, coming into this league, I knew nothing about fantasy baseball. I was, I was a big Jays fan. Like, I knew that roster, and I knew the American League East roster is pretty good. I knew nothing about the National League whatsoever. And based on my early record, clearly had no idea on how to put <laughs> a quality team together. You know, the absolutely winless team of, what was it, 2008 was, would, be, uh, would be proof of that. Um, how did I get here? I, I'm, I'm kind of a sponge. I ask a lot of smart people, a lot of questions. Uh, I, I have very good dialogue with everybody in the league. And and that's for two reasons. One, I like getting along with people. And two, I like picking people's brains. Not just about fantasy baseball, but just about stuff. You know, there's there's a lot of things I know nothing about. And if there's situations where I could get information from someone who knows more than I am, you know, if there's a topic they know a lot more than I do about it, it is it is certainly helpful to have those conversations with people. So, so I think you know, with 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 my team, the reason I got to the spot I am is I made a bunch of mistakes. I learned what not to do pretty early, and then I watched the really good teams and tried to get a feel for what they did, and just you know, kind of put that together in my head and basically said, okay, this is how these guys got there. These are the mistakes I've made, and these are the mistakes I think they might be making. Try to do all the things they're doing right without the things they're doing wrong, and let's see how it works out. Um, and and I think one more thing for my club is is I don't go for it every year. Uh, each three or four years, I'm a seller at the deadline. We don't have a lot of good teams that will sell at the deadline. I've done that multiple times where I've been a playoff team or kind of knocking on the door of the playoffs. But if I'm looking at my roster and I know it's going to take an incredible amount of luck to win a title, I'm not going to go all in on those years. I'm going to sell out in those years and get myself set up for the year after that and the year after that. Um, I'm, 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 I'm quite 
um, I, I'm quite aware of what my roster is versus what the other rosters in the league are. And if my team isn't good enough, I'm going to be the first one to recognize that. And I'm going to get out of the league that year and become a seller and try to come back stronger than the the, 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 the season following. I think that's one mistake teams make sometimes is they have a good season and they think, oh, geez, I'm going to be great next year. But <laughs> but but maybe you're not going to be. And maybe your team just got a little lucky this year. And maybe you shouldn't be selling all your kids and loading up. Because in 12 months, when that luck turns on you and you go from – you know, a 550 team, a 450 team, you may be wondering what happened. You may want those young guys back. So, so I think that's one thing I've been, I've been pretty good at just kind of recognizing what I have in front of me. And one, one more thing that, that I was, I picked up on really early in this league is don't be married to any of your players. Don't, don't have untradeable guys on your team. There's nobody on my roster that I will not trade. There's almost nobody on this roster that I did not trade for. I drafted almost none of these players. Uh, I'm yeah. hy- I'm hyperactive on the trade market, and if you want to make an offer for a guy on my team, and I think I'm getting a dollar five on an asset that's worth a dollar, I will sell him in a second. Uh, yeah. I think that's really important. I think that's one mis- that's one thing I learned early on. There was a closer I had, Jonathan Broxton. I'm sure you remember him, and. Uh, <laughs> I love Jonathan yes. Broxton. I don't know why I love Jonathan Broxton. Love that guy. And uh, I held on to him for too long and turned it to nothing at some point. And I think I think it's just important to to realize that the guys on your team are not going to be great forever. So, you know, the key is just to get a feel for is the year upcoming, is the proper use of the asset of that player keeping him on your roster for the next season or is a better use having him perform for another team and getting a future asset for it? And that doesn't always mean trading him for draft picks or prospects. Sometimes it means trading the 31-year-old A player for a 24-year-old B player because I'd rather have eight years of a B player than three years of an A player 99 times out of 100. Right, right. Yeah, man, Broxton, Broxton was he was a shooting star, you know, kind of rode that – it's been a while now. Yeah, it has been a while. Getting this, getting getting this a little wrong. Seems like that was about a about a two or three season really hot wave there, and, mm-hmm. and he was just kind of shot out yeah. of the sky. But, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, is, is there any reason we shouldn't expect the Rockets to maintain a vice grip on the East Division next year? You know, with an opportunity to three peat. I, I know you you said you know you you probably intend to make some maintenance moves this offseason, but you know, with that opportunity in front of you to three peat, mm-hmm. I, I assume it's a foregone conclusion you're rolling out basically this same group again next season, right? Uh pretty much. Like <laughs> pretty much. Like I'm I'm sure there's gonna be, I don't know, five or six different players on my twenty eight man roster if I had to hazard a guess. That's 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 quite standard for me. So so I'm sure it'll be a different team, but I think it'll be a similar quality team. Uh, will we have a vice grip, as you said, on the East Division? What will stop that? Well, there's three things that can stop that. That would be the damage, the double downs of the Cardinals. They can certainly put a stop to that real fast. Uh, I think, you know, what's funny is, is is I'm pretty sure we had a conversation about a year ago, and I probably said something similar. We, we, we intend on competing for the East Division, and – if we make the playoffs, we think we'll have at least a twelve and a half percent chance of winning it all, and and I think I, th- I think that's always my kind of thought process going in. Create a team that's good enough to make the playoffs, and once you figure out that you are a playoff team, make sure that prior to the deadline you put yourself in the best position to compete once you get there, and then at that point we will let the cards fall where they may. Mike, I want to wrap up our conversation with you on on this note. I think this is an interesting question, given the context of, of what we're talking about here in your 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 run. The Rockets actually stood in the way uh, of NorCal when the damage attempted to three-peat more than a decade ago. You yep. put a stop to that from happening. Yep. <laughs> who, who potentially stands in your way next year? Yeah, NorCal. Just just to just take it away. <laughs> I can, I can, I can certainly. If you put me in Vegas right now, and for some reason they had BDL odds up there, and and one of the bets, and why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Yeah, and one of the bets was 
what team will knock you out of the playoffs this year, I, I will put my money on the knockout team. <laughs> just just on the revenge, on the revenge thought. Uh, yeah, but beyond the teams in my division, the cramps are going to be fantastic again next year. The beers are going to be even better than they were, and I had the beers making the final this year. Uh, I think the Mounties are going to get some pitching back, and that was the one glaring hole on their team coming out of the playoffs, just, just be via injury more than anything. Uh, you know, then we have these teams, and the South is a bit of a, a mixed bag right now. It'll be interesting to see what those clubs do. But, you know, if I had to bet on what team is going to take me out, I would bet on one of the teams in the East, to be quite honest with you. Well, Mike, thanks for your insight into your into your run this year. And again, uh, truly, congratulations. A, a remarkable, remarkable accomplishment. And a back-to-back champions. Three titles. Um, you're, yeah, I, I guess, as you say, not quite in a class by yourself, but certainly in a, in a very exclusive class here in the league. And we really appreciate everything you bring to the BDL. Thank you very much, Scotty. Well, guys, um, as Mike and I were... Uh, discussing the uh, the content for for this week's uh, this week's show uh, a few weeks back, we thought you know um, the you know with with two number one seeds in the BDL CS this year the Cramps and the Rockets, it would be uh, really fun to take a look back at the Mount Rushmore of BDL Finals matchups. Cue Mount Rushmore music. Mike, do we have Mount Rushmore music? What is Mount Rushmore music? Do they play I, music at Mount Rushmore? I thought you were in charge of sound effects. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I play like Old Canada or something? Would that, that probably be- <laughs> Don't make me mute you again. Yeah, sorry about, sorry about that. <laughs> okay. If we have Mount Rushmore music, you will hear it somewhere around yeah. this part of the pod. Yeah. And it's probably not going to be Old Canada. Although, honestly, that's the one song we could probably play and not have like a copyright violation. So that wouldn't be the worst song in the world. <laughs> oh. Okay. So, guys, here's, here's the deal. We uh, actually... You know, looking at this matchup between the Cramps and the Rockets, uh, sort of put it, we put a pin in that matchup on on this list, the Mount Rushmore of BDL Finals matchups, thinking that there was a really good shot that this matchup would make that list, would be considered one of the better, certainly one of the four best BDL Finals matchups we have ever seen, um, given the quality of both clubs. Well, that didn't exactly happen. <laughs> uh, so it, it, they will not make this list. It's certainly not on my short list. I, I assume, Mike, they're not on your short list uh, or, or this, this matchup anyway. But uh, in any case, that's what we're going to do with the return of this segment tonight. We're going to construct the Mount Rushmore of BDL Finals matchups. The four, uh, you know, call it what you will, best, most important uh, most noteworthy BDL Finals matchups of all time, in no particular order. This is not a ranking. This is a Mount Rushmore list, so no particular order. Four faces on the side of this cliff. Is this going to be similar to what we did that time where you didn't pick your wife's team name? Is that what we're going to do here, Scotty? I still uh, am paying for that in the yep. Wampler house after, yep. after it was found out. So yeah. um, luckily, ooh, I better not say that. I'll just go ahead and say that. Luckily, the Joe Sox never made a BDL final. So She's made five of them, Scotty. <laughs> Jeez, man. Oh, geez. Some, someone's getting in trouble again. Jeez. Bill, Bill, Ugh. Bill, I'm so sorry. <sighs> terrible, terrible, terrible. No respect. Terrible. No, Bill gets no respect. No, no, Bill gets no respect. The consensus best manager in this league, he gets no respect. <laughs> Not none whatsoever. Jeez. Uh, okay. Half the league is afraid uh, to to take trade offers from him because he gets no respect. Yes, that that's what it is. That's what it is. So so just like just like before, we're going to go back and forth. uh, uh, Turn about. You take one. I'll take one. And then we'll repeat, and we'll end up with the four matchups. So I hope you've done your homework, Mike, because I I have four good candidates right in front of me. I've I've done some homework on this. Uh, some some homework um with my first pick i'm, I'm gonna be a homer for once i mean, i never do this but i think the 2011 rockets damage has to be on there somewhere 
this was one of those few times that we had a one versus two in the breakdown, one versus two in the standings. The damage are going for the historic three-peat. Um, I, I, think, I think there's a lot that's really special about that final, and I think that's got to get included in the top four somewhere. Doesn't necessarily have to be number one, but since I have the first pick, I think I'm going to go with that one. It's also the first of my three titles, which looking back now is more important than had I just won one and you know and then sucked after that. I think you know from a from a historic performance uh, perspective, I think that becomes even a little more important than it was at the time. But I think when you have one two standings, one two breakdown, team going for a three peat, and the first title from one of only two. Three-time champions. I think that one's got to be on there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and again, just as a reminder, this is not a ranking. This is not a one through four. These are any order, just four faces on the cliff. So, yeah, Rockets versus Damage, two thousand eleven. This was actually on my short list as well. So we yeah. agree on this one. Yeah. I think it's a really important matchup. In the it's also a close matchup too. I think it was six four. I think so. Six four. Yeah. Rockets won this matchup. Six yeah. four. Uh, the Rockets did block the three peat attempt. Um, the Damage won the regular season that year, not only won the regular season as of 2011 mm-hmm. had posted the single best regular season record with a winning percentage of 745. So mm. the Rockets blocking not only the three peat, but th- dousing, uh, dousing the damage with a, with a bucket of water. Isn't that interesting, uh, Scott? It, because then the cramps is, the win record this year. They, the cramps posted the best regular season record of all time. And how did that season end? And how did that season so you, end, baby? The ro- the Rockets have pulled it off twice. I'm the they, legend they sure killer. Are. Legend killer, baby. That's me. <laughs> legend killer. Oh, okay. Uh, on to me. Okay, so my pick, um, I'm going to be like you. I'm going to be a little bit of a homer, but I can justify this. Um, cramps versus Generals, 2014. Great matchup. Um I think it's, it's, you know, the most, if you're on the outside looking in, certainly the most entertaining matchup in the history of the BDL finals. Uh, Jens win this one in a squeaker, 5-4-1. Um, this contest was decided in the final few at-bats of the evening on Sunday night. Um, Derek Jeter with a bloop single, if memory uh, serves, locked it for the Generals. Uh, late, late that evening. By the way, neither of these clubs won the regular season that year. Uh, the Jens and Cramps. I don't have the seeds in front of me, but we, we don't have a. We don't have certainly don't have a number one seed uh, in in the contest here. Um, and, and also noteworthy, this was this was a block attempt as well, or, or excuse me, a block uh, a successful block on, on the part of the Jens. Uh, uh, Crawford, having won in 2013, was going for a back to back championship attempt there in, in 2014 so that pretty uh, pretty noteworthy i think uh bdo finals in in the history of our league indeed so all right Mike, go back, to, back me, to me you. or it goes back to me again right okay back to you okay so this was a trickier one for me uh i think i'm going to go back yep. to the kind of historic kind of feel uh you know the good matchups with one two teams i just find something really intriguing about matchups where you have the consensus two best teams in the league facing off, and and another one of those was two thousand nine, and I think it's I think it's kind of proper that both me and Bill are on the Mount Rushmore since we have three titles each. So I will take two thousand nine, Damage versus Killer Cars, Damage probably okay. in the only time they were considered underdogs going into a final. I imagine True. I'd have to True. go back historically and look at that, but probably was the only time. They destroyed the Bulldogs on the way in. The Killer Cars destroyed the Billy Goats on the way in. This is two teams that were just thrashing people. And yeah, NorCal, NorCal Killer Cars, NorCal wins 7-3 if memory serves. <coughs> the, the first of his three titles, uh, I believe, yeah, because he won 2009, 2010. Uh, the first of his three right. titles. Probably the best Killer Cars team ever put together, I'm guessing i i think so uh, yeah, yeah. I, I look at that i look at that killer cars team sort of as a as a bleed across 09 and 10 mm-hmm. it was the, the both of those years for the killer cars were just were just off the charts great yeah yeah so i i will i will take damage cars uh 09 it is kind of funny both of my finals from 10 years ago but yeah i, I think damage cars 09 is my uh, other pick 
Okay, I'm going to make a note of that since that was actually not on my list, but um, I like your justification. Uh, yeah, I like it. Good, good pick. Good pick. Um, yeah, so the last slot. Wow. I've got two candidates here on my sheet. I think they're both worthy. Oh, one of these is going to get left out. <laughs> tough. This is a really tough one. Um, so one has the better matchup and another one is more historically important. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to go, I think, with the 2012 BDL Finals matchup that is Beers versus Wallabies. This was not a close contest. Uh, the Wallabies won this matchup 8-1-1. Neither club uh, won the regular season. Uh, either we don't have a number one seed in this matchup, but these were two clubs that unexpectedly, both of them unexpectedly advanced to the BDLCS that year. It was, I think, a coin flip matchup going into that uh, into that matchup. The Beers actually defeated the top seeded generals in the semifinals that mm -hmm. year, the generals had a 724 record um, heading into the playoffs. So the wallabies end up winning that series and defeating the beers who had just defeated the best team in the regular season. Mm -hmm. The wallabies had a very sneakily had a, had a, had the third best record in the league that year. And, you know, I think it was kind of a surprise feel good title that was seven years in the making there for yeah. the Wallabies, you know, and, and I'll just wrap this up by saying, I think that the most notable point here is that this was actually the very first championship to come from the North division, very first yes. North division club in the history of the league yeah. uh, to win it, to win a BDL finals, a BDL championship, Portsmouth Wallabies 2012. So, there you have it. Those are the four, the Mount Rushmore of BDL Finals matchups. Just to recap, you have Generals and Cramps 2014. Generals, the winner there. Rockets and Damage in 2011. Rockets, the winner there. Damage and Cars in 09, the first of uh, NorCal's back-to-back uh, uh, -back titles. And the Beers versus the Wallabies in 2012 with the Wallabies stealing my trophy mm -hmm. and uh, and taking it home to to the North Division. So, yep. What's kind um, of funny, Scotty, is if you look at 2012, the the way the standings kind of fall, it is eerily similar to 2021. If you look at it, hmm, you have the, I had noticed you have the South where the Beers were barely 500. Yet won their division by 25 games. Does this sound familiar to you? You've got yes. you have a dominant team in the West in the Crawford Cramps. You have a dominant team in the East. The summer was in the Rockets, was the Generals. And you've got a pretty good North division with two pretty good teams, act three pretty good teams in this case. So, you know, very eerily similar how that kind of breakdown in the standings is to our current mm. season. It's kind of funny how that worked out. History repeats itself even in the BDL. It repeats itself um, all the time in the BDL. For instance, this year's champion. Look at that. How's that? How that work out for us? Uh, you know, I, I think one thing this list, uh, or, or this, uh, this, this, the, the Mount Rushmore here of BDL finals, <coughs> excuse me, finals matchups, underscores, is just how close the NorCal damage are to being five-time BDL champions. Mm -hmm. If you look at the scores in the two matchups that they lost in the finals, they are three category wins away, or or less than three if you if you if you have bring ties into the equation. Mm -hmm. Three categories or less away from being five-time yep. BDL champions. Uh, Crazy. Yep. It turns out damage pretty good. <laughs> who knew? It's, it's, who, knew? who knew? Who knew? Baby? Who knew about that? Jeez, yeah. <laughs> I got pretty good. Uh, well, Mike, again, uh, congratulations to you on a, on a great season and a, and a third BDL trophy. 
Uh, great run, uh, good conversation uh, today. And guys, we will be uh, hitting Scotty, you up. Scotty, hold on. One quick follow-up. So right now, Go for it. it's damage rockets with three, right? Who who has That's two? Right. The Gens have two. Does anybody else have two? Uh, the Gens and the Falcons have two. Okay. And let me make sure I'm not sliding someone. The dogs got one. The Cardinals have one. Uh, beers have one. Who am I missing? Let's see. You've got uh, you see. You've got two Farsta Farsta Falcons. You have two. You have court, well, three NorCal damage. Yeah, Jens have two. Rockets have three. Uh, Cardinals have one. Beers have one. Scorpions have one. Cramps have one. Wallabies have one. Bulldogs have one. Vikings have one. So here's a question you for you: What team that doesn't have a title now will be the next the, the next one to win their first title? Ooh. Isn't that a tricky question? Wow, you talk about putting on the spot. Boy, so you're talking about the Vipers, the Chicks, the Double Downs, the Mounties. Well, not the Mounties. Because the, the Mounties were the Scorpions, and Scorpions won one. So you're not talking about oh, no, owners, you're no, talking no, about franchise. franchises. So you've got Double Downs, Vipers, Chicks. No, you don't have Vipers. Oh, sorry, no, that, oh, that, oh Vipers with Mark's team. Yeah, sorry. So we got yeah. Chicks, Double Downs, uh, Amish. Amish, Cards, Cars. Elevation, Woo. Woo. Right? Because the Lions were St. Louis Someone's from one, team. right? <laughs> Were St. Louis, right? And they won. Did they not? Uh, am I, no, am I missing? The, no, the, the, they didn't win. They didn't win. They were. I think that's right? that, that's that, that'll that would be the five. Then you've got yeah, Wu, that's the five. Elevation cars, Amish, um, double downs. Who's first? Wow. Um, because you know we we keep talking about kind of exclusive clubs in this league. Where it's becoming an exclusive club of the teams that don't have a title. So who's going to be the one that gets out of that club? I mean, if, if you're if you're looking at you're looking at the makeup of the clubs as they are right now today, mm. I, I mean, I think the low hanging fruit answer there is Boston. You would think, right? You would think. I, I would think of those teams right now today. They they are the closest to a championship. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And if that happens, the East is going to be unbearable. <laughs> All of us. East is all unbearable. Yeah, it's probably pretty unbearable. All right, and now the next follow-up question. Who's the first of four? <sighs> or will somebody join us at three before one of us gets to four? Well. Because it's, it's, it's really just the gens that are two that are... No, no, wait a second. The beers, the beers were the Falcons, right? Yeah, so in the, in that, if, if you're looking at it from a historical, well, they have, then they have three. They have three as well, right? They, then they have then they have three. The the the, the, the franchise, franchise has three. Does have three? Yeah, I, I was looking at it as, owners, as yeah. ownership. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. yeah, it'd be interesting um, to see what happens. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess you would have to go with the damage to answer your question because you know what? Stupid answer. Yeah. It's, yeah. Because. <laughs> Bill doesn't miss the playoffs. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. And occasionally, the Rockets do. Yep. <laughs> and the damage has gone five years without a title. And history tells us that doesn't happen very often. So uh, they're they're just about due, right? Let's see. No, he's gone the more last, than five years. The one They've in 15, 16 20, years. 2015. Yeah, yeah so, so six, six years. So they, 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 they are overdue at this point, so... I'm, I'm starting true. to worry more about the damage every time I talk about them. I'm going to stop looking at it. <laughs> I'm pretty starting to worry again. Uh, really yeah, worry. I mean, uh, the, the generals made the damage a pretty sweet offer today. I, they'll probably accept it. Oh, the hell are you doing, yeah. man? Making my life harder? Yes. Stop it. Stop it, man. Trade, <laughs> trade, players, oh. trade players to the PCL. That's where we want to send them. They're, they're, you know, they're a little weaker over there. As long as it's as long as it's out of the south, I don't give a hoot. <laughs> like you're like you're worried about trading guys in the south. Stop it! Stop <laughs> it! Stop it! Hey, silly, silly boy, uh, silly boy. 
All right, guys. We'll talk to you again soon. Here soon in October. Uh, thanks for listening. Mike's been good. Take us home, brother. Good night, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I really got to come back with a better punchline than that. Oh, you still suck at that. I Later, really y'all. See you, man.